When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on Get Up, and a reminder, we have a terrific NBA doubleheader coming your way on Friday. That's De'Aaron Fox and the Kings taking on Joel Embiid and the Sixers. That's 7.30 Eastern, and then Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets hosting C.J. McCollum and the Pelicans. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN. And with that, we welcome you back to our studios here in New York and all sorts of places beyond with coverage on perhaps the busiest sports day that I can ever remember. We are live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Damian Woody, who played for Bill Belichick during his time in New England, and we have many others to analyze the breaking news this morning from Foxborough. It is as significant news as we could get in the National Football League, and that is that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are parting ways after 24 seasons together, an unprecedented success for any coach at any franchise in the entire history of the National Football League. Six Super Bowl championships, Belichick currently 15 wins shy of breaking Don Shula's NFL record of 347 as a head coach. Belichick, along with the owner, Robert Kraft, will hold a news conference together today at noon Eastern time. We will broadcast that news conference live here on ESPN, so you will hear from both of these men. And again, in addition to Damian Woody, I have Teddy Bruschi standing by, and I have Adam Schefter standing by. We'll have Marcus Spears as we continue a little bit as well here. But, Shefty, I will start with you, you and Mike Reese, with the reporting on this story this morning. For those who are just joining us here at the top of this hour, I give you the floor. What's everything they need to know about this decision and the end of this era? Greeny, it's a new era in New England. There will be a noon press conference today in which, in which both Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick both will attend that press conference. Let's look first back at what happened and transpired this week briefly. The two men, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, met throughout the day on Monday. Bill Belichick did not go into the offices on Tuesday, and those meetings resumed on Wednesday. I was told that they were non-contentious. It was not very difficult to get through, and both sides were content and comfortable going their own direction. Thus, the breakup. Thus, each side mutually parting ways here with the Patriots now embarking on their first head coaching search with an entirely different set of rules in the National Football League from the last time they did this since 2000. Long time, quarter of a century since they did their last head coaching search. Bill Belichick becomes a coaching free agent. He does want to continue coaching and obviously will attempt to do that elsewhere. There are seven other head coaching vacancies across the National Football League, eight in total, including New England. And so there are a lot of teams sifting through a lot of different options. You did the math there, Greeny, this morning, eight of 32. 25% of the National Football League teams right now do not have a head coach, and that's going into this weekend's playoffs. What's next for New England? The search is expected to center on their linebackers coach, Gerard Mayo, who is a, if not the, leading candidate to become the successor to Bill Belichick 
in New England. Bill goes out there on the open market. You would think there would be many teams that would have some level of interest in speaking with him. A place that would seem to make some sense would be Atlanta with the Falcons. The Falcons owner, Arthur Blank, has been a big swinging coach hunter in the past. He essentially went after and didn't get Joe Gibbs. He went after and didn't get Bill Parcells. He now would have the opportunity, if he wanted, to go after Bill Parcells' disciple. And there you see the eight vacancies in a time where coaching news has rocked the sports world. It started yesterday with the departure of Pete Carroll as the Seattle Seahawks head coach. It continued on when Bill Belichick's good friend Nick Saban retired from Alabama, and it culminated this morning with Bill Belichick and the Patriots agreeing to go their own ways. Nick Saban, during his time at Alabama, nine SEC titles, six national championships. Bill Belichick in New England, nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl titles. So there's a certain sense of symmetry. You, things sometimes happen in threes. In this particular case, three coaching legends have exited stage left within 24 hours of each other. Absolutely. Now, that, that's exactly the right way to say it. Uh, it is the end of an era uh, of a variety of eras in so many different ways. And with Belichick and Saban, there are so many ties of the two of them, including the time they spent together in Cleveland. And Lewis Riddick talked about that earlier. So, Teddy, um, for those who are just joining us in this audience here, um, you played for him for so long. I feel like you know him about as well as any of his former players did. We, many of us, including you, knew this was probably coming, but it still hits a little different when you actually hear it. What are your thoughts this morning? Yeah, I think the moving forward, it's it, it's going to be shocking for a lot of the fans in New England that such a stabilizing force in terms of how he dealt with everything, with the, the structure, the formula, how he dealt with the media. You you almost knew how he was going to react to certain situations or certain questions that he was asked. So it'll take some getting used to because the best that's ever been is now walking out the building and. Talking about that press conference and what they're going to have, I'm glad it's a joint press conference, like Shefty said, but it's going to be a lot of respect. It's going to be a lot of love. It's going to be a lot of admiration. I hope all of New England watches, watches that, and as they do, they realize the greatness that's walking out the door because all of the championships, all of the winning seasons, I mean, it'll never be duplicated again. This is the greatest coach to ever live in terms of winning winning over and over again the sustained success that he was able to maintain is will never be matched um so i hope that bill during this press conference do so, does something that he has never been able to do in his entire life and that sort of reflect on um his past 24 years in new england because he's always answering questions if you will about the next opponent or the next game but now there is none uh, his time is in, in New England is over. He always tells the coaches and the players, do your job, do your job. Well, Bill Belichick's job is done now, and he did it better than anyone in the history of the National Football League. And hopefully he can, he can talk to it as if it is over and reflect and appreciate everything he's done for that organization, those fans, and a lot of players, including myself, that were incredibly lucky to, to have played under this tremendous coach. That's right. And you see Lewis, uh, excuse me, you see Marcus Spears, who was up with us early this morning. And Swagoo, we welcome you here. We, we originally wanted Marcus on because of the news 
about Nick Saban, and, and who Marcus played for and won a national championship with in college. So I go, I will get to you in a minute. But D. Wood, I thought um, that, that Teddy just said an interesting thing where he talked about how fortunate the players who had the chance to play for Belichick have been. And you told us an interesting story this morning about, and you were emotional in telling it, which I thought was really beautiful, about what he meant to you and how his caring about you might actually have been the reason you have the career and, 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 and sort of indirectly the life that you have today. That's a side of Belichick that I think most people don't know. We see the press conferences. We, he, we see the cantankerous nature. There is a whole Bill Belichick that most of the world does not know. Isn't that right? That is correct, Greeny. And I, listen, I, you know, as you know, my job, one of my jobs here is uh, as an analyst, not only to talk about the game of football, but also to take people behind the curtain where people don't have access to see what these type of people, who these people are. And the, the story that I relayed in the first hour was, you know, early on in my career, you know, I was a guy that really struggled with my weight early, early in my career. And, and Teddy and I both talked about how Bill put an actual anchor in the locker room on just talking about the, the, the amount of excess, quote unquote, weight that we were carrying as a team and that we need to get in better shape. But as it pertains to me, you know, just the care that, that Bill, as far as looking out for me and trying to get me to maximize my talent as a player and how he helped me, you know, in, in that offseason where he sent, you know, sent me to a, you know, sent me to a, a place down in North Carolina and how he came and visited me a couple of times, how he checked in on me every week. This was the place that I was there for two months to really kind of get myself on track. But it just shows you that. Yes, the outward appearance of Coach Belichick is a very rigid man. He's businesslike, do your job. But there's a whole nother side to him, a whole nother dynamic to him that really showed me that, listen, yes, this is a business, but I care about you as a player, and I want to maximize your talent. I don't want to see that talent go to waste. And so when I talk about that, it does make it, make it emotional because that just showed how much he cared about me as a player and trying to turn me into the best player that I could be. Yeah. And you sit here today in large part because of that. And I know that you appreciate that. We were all moved by that story. And, and Marcus, as I bring you into this conversation, again, you won a national championship at LSU, scored a defensive touchdown in the championship game, playing for Nick Saban. And there is such a symmetry between those two men beyond their friendship and their one-time professional relationship. So Saban yesterday and now Belichick today, what are your thoughts this morning? My thoughts is listening to Teddy and Woody and obviously Shefty breaking it down is we talking about the same two people, <laughs> the same guys with the same philosophy and how they went about their job. And I think the one mantra that I know Nick Saban had that I'm sure Bill Belichick imparted on Woody and, and, and Teddy is success is not a continuum. There's an everyday fight to not only get better, but the mountain gets bigger when you achieve success. And that's what, you know, Nick Saban taught me. Uh, not being satisfied, um, not ever um, relenting on the things that you want to get accomplished because they right in front of you. And to Woody's point, so these guys were ultimate motivators. But but beyond being motivators, they actually actually taught you how to do it. And I think that's a big difference in coaches. Like, can you get a guy going for the first quarter when the adrenaline is there and everybody's ready to play and it's a big game? Yeah. But the fourth quarter. And when I was at LSU, we had a we had a, a off-season conditioning program called the Fourth Quarter Program, and it was to do nothing but build your character, build um, all the things that you needed that these guys thought um, you needed to be successful, not only in their program and the benefit that it came from that, but to push you forward 
and, and put you on a path, not just in football, but in life. So, you know, I when I when I heard the news about Bill Belichick and, and, and it was it was like, I, you know, we talked about that a lot this year. But when I heard it about Saban, obviously it hits home because when you're 17 and you're young and you're impressionable and you're broke and you got a dream to play in the National Football League. I don't think people realize the, the the type of responsibility and pressure that is on a head coach. And I'm I'm talking about a lot of college coaches, but in particular Nick Saban because he was my he was my sounding board. He was the guy that I went to um, to gain understanding not only about the game but how the future uh, would look. You know, I switched over from tight end to defensive end when I was at LSU. That was very contentious between both of us. I wanted to leave. I wanted to transfer, and he was patient with me. But he also told me you got to make a decision because life's not going to stop. This football program is not going to stop. We're going to continue to play football at a high level. Um, so so you think back and you start reflecting, obviously, um, when they leave. And I think the only word that I could come up with, and I'm sure Teddy and Woody shares these sentiments about Bill Belichick, is gratitude, man. I mean, Woody expressed it. We sitting here, and a part of that is because we had the opportunity to either play for Nick Saban or play for Bill Belichick. And when he was recruiting me, Nick Saban, at LSU, he told me, and it resonates with me till today, don't make a four-year decision, make a 40-year decision. And I am literally living in that speak that we had on my recruiting when I was 17 years old. Being at LSU and having a chance to win a national championship, when that was a program that nobody respected, but always thought that it was a sleeping giant. It was very difficult to get it to that point. The 2001 uh, recruiting class that he brought into LSU, which, you know, I'm biased, but I think it changed the trajectory of that program. The 2003 National Championship after 45 years of being dormant and not winning a national championship at LSU. That was Nick Saban. It was a lot of other people behind the scenes, don't get me wrong, but that was Nick Saban and his plan and his outlook on the future and the way he coached and the way he went about doing things that permeated throughout every single part of the LSU football program. And Woody and Teddy relates to this too as well. Everybody has the up their level. Uh, the secretary that works for him has the up their level, Miss Yael. The people in the equipment room, uh, rest in peace, Jeff Boss, one of the best equipment managers to ever do it. He had to up his level. The dudes that painted the lines on the field had to up their level. That is who these guys were in every single phase, and that's why you see the success that they had. It is not coincidence or luck by any means that they experienced the type of success that they had. It's remarkable. These two living legends, so many similarities, as you point out, both going out in their own ways, less than 24 hours apart. But Teddy and, the, and then Shefty, I'll come back to you on because we do have to turn the page when it comes to Belichick because there is another piece to this. You know, Teddy, Nick Saban is retiring. He's, he's deciding to step away. Uh, Bill Belichick has, it seems, and we'll hear directly from him and Robert Kraft today, seems has mutually agreed with the Patriots that it's time for him to go somewhere else and them to have a new coach. But him going somewhere else is part and parcel of this. Shefty and Don Graziano and Mike Reese have made it clear to me he intends to coach next year. So how does that look to you? What, what does that look like, Teddy, him at this stage of his life, having been in one place for 24 years? As we pointed out, his two sons on the staff there, his daughter coaching lacrosse an hour drive away. But this is a big change for a man in his life. What do you forecast for Bill as he goes into another challenge? 
Uh, the, I think with Bill, the one thing has happened that I didn't think would ever happen with him, and that's he's changed a little. Um, and why I say that is because I always knew Bill to, I mean, he said over and over again, it was, it was years ago, but that he, he didn't want to coach into his 70s. He should be done by then. He didn't want to be Marv Levy was the quote that he always used. So here he is about to be, I think, 72 years old and he, and he wants to still coach. And so why does he still want to coach? Well, I think there's multiple reasons. I mean, Steven and Brian are there. Of course, he wants to make sure that they're okay and maybe it continues their coaching career or maybe they stay in New England. I don't know what those details are going to be, but the one thing that's obvious is that he wants to go get Shula. And that's an individual mark. I, I think Bill's already proven, proven hands down how much better of a coach he is than Don Shula when it comes to winning championships. So he cannot be, his, his record in terms of winning championships cannot be matched. He is the greatest coach that ever lived, but he wants to go get that 15 to, sit, to get that individual mark and then be the one on top. And I understand that, but it's just something that I did not anticipate something he would, he would shoot for. I think he, I thought it was always about championships and winning. Now, maybe he'll have that goal going to Atlanta, as Shefty says, or any other place and, and try to win a championship, that's what he'll be doing. But the chances will be slim in terms of him winning a championship going somewhere else. He'll just be stacking up wins to pass Don Shula. That's a change for me in the way that I saw that he saw what those victories are for. But that's okay, too, because people change. And if that's a mark that he wants, then I hope that he gets it. Shefty, go. Well, what I would say to that here, Greeny, is Teddy's talking about him not winning championships. And I would say Bill is at the stage of his career also where he can be a little bit picky and choose. He doesn't have to go coach. And I think if this year and last year and recent years post Tom Brady taught him anything, it's that he needs a quarterback. So here's what I would say to you as we get ready to watch the playoffs this weekend. Inevitably, Teams are going to be knocked out every weekend. Inevitably, there might be a team or two that falls flat on its face. Inevitably, as you watch the playoff teams this weekend, especially teams with quarterbacks, the owner's got to say, am I better with the man I have, or do I want to go chase Bill Belichick and unite him with my quarterback? It's interesting. So mm -hmm. Bill doesn't have to go take the Carolina job or the Atlanta job where there's no quarterback we still don't know exactly what's going to unfold in the days to come. He does not have to take any job he doesn't want. And I think, personally, that he'd like to take a job with a quarterback, wherever mm. that may be. No. Whether that's in Los <laughs> yep. Angeles with the Chargers, whether that's with a job that comes open still, we don't know yet. But I don't think mm. Bill is going to jump at the opportunity to go coach a team that doesn't have a proven quarterback right now. I'm not ever going to put and words in Adam Schefter. And one no. other thing. Yes. And one other thing. I'm no. just thinking about this. There are NFL owners that are waking up this morning to the news that Bill Belichick is a free agent. He's free to go coach wherever he wants. So now we went through this with Tom Brady, going through every roster. Should this team make a move for Tom Brady, a quarterback? Is he better than the quarterback we have? Well, guess what? I know Bill's 71, but I still think the same exercise is applicable now. I think there are teams out there this morning with owners that wake up and they say, I have my head coach. 
Or do I want to go get arguably the greatest coach of all time? Do I want to replace my guy with this guy? What would that look like? What would that be like? What would it take? And so it's an exercise that I think a lot of people have to put their minds through. And maybe in the end, nobody will wind up doing it. But I think Bill knows through Tom Brady, through Mac Jones, how important it is to have a quarterback. And I think that will be something that weighs into whatever decision he makes in the future. I think that is an extremely good point. Look, his, his not being there for 10 years, no one lasts 10 years in the NFL. There are eight openings right now. Two yeah, years well, ago, there well, were let 10 me openings. Let me, let, M- more no, than half the league is turned this, over. Wherever. Teddy, go. If he is going to a place, Shefty, with a quarterback, well, that quarterback, he better understand the mental toughness it took to play for, for, to play for Bill Belichick for 20 years that Tom Brady did because that whole – there could be – the whole transition that could happen when Bill comes in and runs an organization or a team or a quarterback, an offense slash defense, it is probably, no matter what coach it is, it is going to be starkly different than whatever they have now in terms of the pressure that is put on, the mental toughness that is needed. And man, these quarterbacks today, they thrive for relationship. And truthfully, I don't know how much relationship you'll get from a quarterback head coaching perspective from Bill Belichick. You will get winning. And if that quarterback values winning, then it will work. But if that quarterback is looking to be coddled and looking to have someone that he can sit and have coffee with and talk about all the issues of life, that's not going to happen. You're not going to get a Mike McDaniel. You're not going to get a Sean McVay. You're not going to get that type of thing. This is old school mental toughness coaching, even at the quarterback position that this quarterback has to understand, that owner has to understand. And I'll say this, it's a tough way. Yes, it is, but it'll work. If he gets that quarterback like you're talking about and gets to one of those organizations that can fall on their face in the playoffs, we know which ones they are, okay? Yeah. It, would be, it would be championship quality replacement. That, that te- just lest there be any question, we're talking about Philadelphia. And by the way, I'm not taking a break. I don't care what anybody says. I'm staying with this. Jeffy, go. <laughs> well, you know, Teddy's talking about the relationship that Bill would have with the quarterback. Again, I just think back to, well, who was Bill's offensive coordinator in New England when they were away? It was Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is free. Maybe he brings Josh with him. Like, there are scenarios out there where it's not necessarily Bill working with the quarterback. That could be valued. But obviously, he's going to have a staff that works with the quarterback. And again, it just is interesting, all these different variables that could take place as a byproduct of the news that's going to unfold today when the press conference between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick is held at noon in Foxborough. Yeah. Where's Jeff Lurie from? Jeff Lurie's from Boston. Oh, Yeah, Jeffrey Lurie is from Boston. The Philadelphia of this, I think, is a fascinating... I'm not putting words in Shefty's mouth. I'm not saying that's who he meant. It's certainly who I thought of when he said it. I'm not going there, Greeny. That's what I mean. No, I'm going there. I mean, I'm there. (laughs) You're a reporter. I'm a talk show host. I'm beating the drum. I'm telling you right now. The second you said that, that's the only thing I thought of. I hope Jalen Hurts is mentally tough. Marcus Spears, go. Yeah, I'm going to go something. I'm, I'm going to go to something that Teddy said about Bill Belichick and his approach. And, gee, I know you know we talked about this this year. You got to evolve, man. Um, there, there has to be a different approach. Players are different. And I think the success can be had, but the success is going to be different. And speaking of Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, Saban had to change. I've talked to him numerous times about how he had to adjust to the quote-unquote new athlete. And the guys and and what they come in with and these expectations, because when these guys recruited us, 
And when we played for them, there was no 24-hour news cycle about players and whereabouts and what you were doing. They were able to be in the building and have more of a touch and a hand on you. And when I talked about Bill Belichick, it had nothing to do with if I thought he could coach or not. I thought his time ran out in New England because those guys didn't respond to that type of approach. And he's smart enough to understand that. He's smart enough to move forward. And I'm glad Woody brought up the relationship because there are more layers to these guys. They aren't they aren't some some kind of dictators that's just standing over you every second, not giving, not showing personality or having that become a part of them. But they never capitulated on how they coached. But how you coach now has to be different. We saw Nick Saban dancing in a house on a recruiting visit. I'm telling y'all right now. In 1999, I barely got a damn <laughs> smile out of the dude when he was recruiting me. It was all business, right? So these guys understand that in this era and in this age of, to your point, Teddy, a different quarterback, obviously younger, yeah. obviously yeah. not coming up under that cloak of what New England was and how Belichick approached it. We saw Nick Saban go back and forth this year with quarterbacks at Alabama, and he had to respond yeah. to the attitude and how these guys went about their jobs. I don't think their greatness should be summed up by them not being able to adjust. I think they would surprise you if they went to a new place and had to deal with this new generation of player. Really quickly, Teddy, go ahead. Yeah, the change has to happen. And the, the hire, like Sheffy's talking about, is, is, is very important in terms of offensive coordinator because there is that little uh, translation that an offensive coordinator can be. Yes, so he can be the softer voice, absolutely. But what I, and say what you want about Mac Jones and his mental toughness and his performance and anything. But I remember Bill O'Brien on the sideline just destroying the kid mentally for all to see. Yep. That's not change. That's not change right there. And that's what I'm talking about. Right, so we'll see where they decide to go. The living legend stepping away on consecutive days. Everyone stay where they are. I do have to take a short break. I'm coming back with much, much more on this day. Candidly, unlike any we can ever remember, after six Super Bowl championships, Bill Belichick departing New England, a news conference today with Belichick and Kraft. New and Eastern, Elon ESPN. We'll be right back. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. We continue on Get Up on this day filled with breaking news. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots will go their separate ways. Adam Schefter and our Mike Reese with the report early this morning. After 24 seasons of unprecedented success, Belichick will leave New England. He will hold a joint news conference with Robert Kraft, the team owner at noon Eastern today. We will bring you that news conference live on ESPN. This coming just the day after his one-time protege, Nick Saban, Announcing his retirement from Alabama, Lewis Riddick rejoins us. He played for the two of them together on the staff when Belichick was the head coach and, um, and, and uh, Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator in Cleveland. Mike Reese, our Patriot supporter, joins us here. We've got Harry Douglas, Dan Orlovsky, Dan Graziano rejoining us. Uh, Mike Reese, uh, for those who are just with us here at the bottom of this hour, catch everyone up on what they need to know, how we got there, and what we should be expecting there in Foxborough. Greeny, let me just start being here and just what it feels like being here. The word that comes to mind is surreal. Certain days you walk into this building, select days you walk into this building, and it just feels different. Reminds me of the day Tom Brady announced that he wouldn't be back because you know that one of those pillars of their championship foundation is no longer going to be here. So that's the, the setting, that's the mood, that's the feeling. Uh, p- communicating with people here, there's... Some are are sad. Some are surprised. They thought there there was still a chance that he would be back. And and some felt like they they had a they they knew it was this was gonna happen because maybe they needed some new energy. So I think it's a mix just to take you right here to the scene of what people within the organization are feeling. And in terms of the story itself, uh, Robert Kraft, team owner, Bill Belichick, they met on Monday, the day after the season ended. Conversations continued over the next couple days. Could they figure out a path forward? They realized it wasn't going to work. They come together, and at 12 o'clock today in the team auditorium, Greeny, they're going to hold a joint news conference. And the fact that they are doing that together speaks to the fact that they've, they've come to this decision together. It'll be fascinating to see if we hear a different side of Bill, the, the sort of Bill Belichick that Lewis Riddick and Damian Woody and Teddy Bruschi have told us about uh, all morning long, the side of Bill that we do not usually get to hear in the media. Let me hear from some of our group that we've not heard from uh, in a while here. Dan Graziano, you heard Shefty talking about where Bill Belichick might be interested in going. There still may be vacancies to come open that we don't know about. You're working the phones all morning long here. What sorts of things should we be expecting both there in Foxborough for a new coach and for Belichick's future. I think when you look at Bill Belichick and to Shefty's point, you know, go somewhere where there's a quarterback, those 15 more wins he needs to pass Don Shula, like where can he get those in the next couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to – if he stay in New England and he's winning four or five games a year, that's going to take too long. So, uh, I, you know, the, the, the place I hear most closely connected with him in the speculation right now 
is the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, there's a, there's a quarterback question there, but the rest of the roster looks to be uh, in pretty good shape. So maybe that makes uh, some sense. And of course, there's the Chargers who have the quarterback uh, and, and work to do on the roster. But we'll see what Bill Belichick's next move is. In terms of his successor in Foxborough, you know, uh, Gerard Mayo, who's been on their defensive staff for a long time, has been thought of by a lot of people there as the successor to Bill Belichick, and and that very well may still be the case. I think it's intriguing that Mike Vrabel is on the market now, great former Patriot uh, who was just let go by the Tennessee Titans, who's been a very good NFL head coach. And I wouldn't be surprised if they look there as well. And then the other name you keep hearing is Brian Flores, uh, who uh, came from there as well before becoming head coach of the Dolphins, now with the Minnesota Vikings. I I think, you know, Mayo probably has the inside track because I think that building has for a while been of the mind that he would be the next guy. Mm -hmm. But uh, they'll do their search as they are required to, and, uh, and, and we'll see where it lands. So, Dan Orlovsky, you played against Belichick's teams for years. You've also covered the college game for us for many years here at ESPN, so you, obviously through the Nick Saban time as well. What, what are your thoughts this morning with these two legends on back-to-back days? Yeah, I mean, two of the greatest coaches, two of the greatest leaders to ever come across the game of football. I've, uh, probably three or four years ago, I started to take notes on some of the messaging that – because I think Nick Saban's the greatest messenger of, of, in college football as well. The way that he was able to use words to express some of the things. My favorite stuff – that both Coach Saban and Coach Belichick shared. There's no secrets. We often look for the the easy path or the secret. There is no secret. It's hard work. Number two, every day matters. And I think that's the message that they got across to their players. Discipline is the foundation to greatness. And probably my favorite one is excellence has a price. Excellence has a choice. Most of us want it but are scared. And they both somehow were capable of getting their players to get past that fear moment when it comes to excellence. And I think that's their, their greatest quality. You know, one of the times I played against New England, I only started against New England once. It was in 2011. That's when I was in Indy. Peyton was hurt. He had his neck. And I was getting ready to go and play against that defense. And I remember Peyton called me, I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday of game week. And he was like, hey, Dan, anything I could do to help? And I was like, what should I expect? And he said, absolutely everything and stuff you've never seen before. And he said, if I could give you one piece of advice, and I said, of course. And he said, you have to outgrind them. He's like, Coach Belichick tries when he gets to play against you as a quarterback to mentally break you. You just have to be focused on outgrinding them. And as a competitor against it, you fixate your mind on that. You so often forget about so many other variables that, that matter. And I think that was probably the greatest challenge of playing against them was, and that was coming from Peyton. Mm. You know, you got to have to, you have to outgrind that guy. That's why I think his Mona Lisa is that last Super Bowl against the Rams, right? Was it thirteen three sure. or 10, like that Rams team that scored thirty points defensive a game? Performances and performances and in the time when the, the, the league was about to change, Rams and Chiefs both won over fifty in the same game. Belichick wins the Super Bowl with defense. Think about the drama of the Super Bowls that Belichick was oh, in. Oh, yeah. That one, obviously, the opposite. But right. you've got the 28-3 game. You've got the David Tyree game. Yep. You've got all those Venetary field goals winner. that wound up yeah. winning all of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was extraordinary drama on both sides of, of Belichick's championships. Harry, your thoughts this morning, again, a day... Uh, that we have not seen the likes of in a very long time. Well, if you're talking about a Bill Belichick defense, it's the stress that they put on you in your preparation. You have to be detail-oriented in your preparation when facing them because of the different looks that you're going to get. And I remember us, we, we had two phenomenal receivers, two number ones. Well, they were double Roddy 
or, or, or put to leave on Julio or vice versa. But then at the same time, multiple fronts, so you have to be prepared and make sure, you know, the offensive line, they were intact, and also your hot routes and who you're hot off of from, from a slot perspective. But I will say this about Nick Saban, too. When I think about Nick Saban, I think about balance, structure, discipline, adaptability. Yeah. We've seen Nick Saban adapt within these last four or five years, right? Going to an offense, understanding what uh, the strengths of Tua Tungvaloa, understanding what college football had become up until this moment before he retired. Also, I think a side of Nick Saban that a lot of people don't, you know, comprehend as much as they should is the love that he has for his players. And I'm going to bring up Jalen Milrow. He's a guy that, you know, got benched by Nick Saban early in the year. But Nick Saban uh, showed that, you know what, I need to love on this kid. I need to show positivity and instill the confidence in him. And he was able to do that, and we've seen the way he was able to play after that. I talk to Derrick Henry and Julio Jones all the time. There's a different side of Nick Saban that the world, I feel like, doesn't know or see. That's right, and and that is another similarity he has with Belichick. And again, Belichick was the head coach in Cleveland, and Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator, and they had a hard-hitting safety by the name of Lewis Riddick, who's with us today. And as you sit back and listen to all these stories, Lewis, and you shared some incredible ones with us earlier, what are the thoughts in your mind right now? Yeah, you know what, I, I want to talk about defense. I heard people kind of like referencing, you know, really where these guys, you know, developed and really grew their legends on which side of the ball they did. And, and I, I think, look, in today's game that is so dominated by offensive talk and quarterback talk in particular, these guys always had the blueprint from a defensive perspective of how to limit offenses. And it still applies today. It's just, unfortunately, not many defenses really employ it and kind of, you know, and utilize it the way and with the kind of consistency that these guys did. And I'll tell you this, you hear me talk about this on air all the time. These are the, th these are the three things that these guys wanted and they still want today. Defend the football field inside out. Make people go sideways. Make people throw the football outside the numbers. Don't give them the middle of the field. That is something that they used to preach way back in the 90s and they still preach now. Make a team play left-handed. Take away their most obvious weapons. We talk about that all the time, but how many teams actually do it? Bill Belichick and Nick Saban do it. They will go out of their way to make sure that you do not beat them with your primary players. They will go out of their way. And that sounds simplistic, right? But they're, they're the two who have done it over the course of time. And lastly, but probably most importantly, and you want to know one of the reasons why Teddy Bruschi is one of Bill, Bill's favorite players? It's because they do not put up with dumb football. These guys will take lesser players who will play more consistently from a mistake-free standpoint instead of taking the great, super-talented player who makes stupid mistakes. Because, you know, people kind of tease people who say this, before you can win, you have to learn how not to lose. Well, that's what they're talking about. Dumb football is losing football. And those three things right there, defend the middle of the football field, take away their best players, and don't play dumb football, is something I can still hear these guys talking about. And it's something that will last long, long after they are done coaching. And as we've said, Bill's not done coaching. But those three things, you know, as, you know, Mike Tomlin talks about, you know, do the routine things routinely. That's what they're talking about. That's what makes these guys so great. And they would never let you not live up to that standard. And that's why they are the two titans of the game that will never be duplicated in terms of their success, ever. Well said. Living legends 
both. And again, the symmetry of this on consecutive days. Mike Reese, put a ribbon on this for us here as you are again there in Foxborough with a news conference coming up a little more than two hours from now. Greeny, I would put it into three layers. Like, how did we get here? I go back to why did Robert Kraft hire Bill Belichick in the first place back in the year 2000? Robert Kraft loved his economics background, and he said this combination between the great X's and O's coach and, and, and the economics background of the salary cap. I remember sitting in with Bill Belichick back in the year 2000 talking about how he went to Jerry West, the great NBA executive, and talked about how the salary cap had changed the NBA and it was coming to the NFL in a big way. And I feel like that first slice of the Patriots under Bill Belichick was about building a team in the salary cap era that no one had ever done before. Then the second slice was Tom Brady finding that second gear in the 2010s. Rob Gronkowski arrives and they win those three more Super Bowls. And then the final slice, the ending, Brady leaves and Belichick just couldn't sustain it. It looked like it was headed in the right direction, Greeny. 2021, they were a playoff team. Downhill the last two seasons leads us to today. So well done, Mike. And again, you'll be there all day long with so much more coverage. Let me pause briefly on that thought. We have much more to do. Of course, we'll cover this all day long here on ESPN. And the news conference is on the way. Bill Belichick, a day after Nick Saban, stepping away from the Patriots. So where does he go? Is there another Super Bowl in his future, as there once was for his former quarterback? We'll answer those questions next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. We are back on Get Up on again a day of breaking news, the likes of which I'm not sure I can ever remember. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are going their separate ways after 24 unprecedentedly successful seasons. Belichick and the owner of the team, Robert Kraft, will hold a news conference together at noon Eastern today that we will bring you live here on ESPN, where you will hear their explanation of it. We've got Teddy Bruschi and Marcus Spears with us this morning. Again, Teddy played for so many years for Bill. Marcus Spears played for Nick Saban, who yesterday announced his retirement <laughs> from Alabama, and the symmetry there is um, unmissable as that once upon a time, the Saban was the defensive coordinator under Belichick with the Cleveland Browns. So, Teddy, as we consider the future, uh, this is a morning that we are all G trying G to soak second. in the okay, – Marcus, go. One second, G. One second. Yeah. I got to talk to my brother, Teddy. I got to talk yeah. to my brother, Teddy, Do right it. now. Teddy, can we not What's make up? this a eulogy and a yeah. funeral? 
Can yeah. we have a good time and celebrate these dudes, man? Please, yeah. you and me. Yeah. Let's have a good time <laughs> and celebrate these dudes, bro. It's not a eulogy. I, I know Saban probably looking at me like, man, what the hell are you talking about? I texted with him last <laughs> night. Can we make it a can we not make it a eulogy? All right, go ahead, G. Y'all know. Well, me, I want to make I'm, I'm with glad that. you I'm said that. that swag. But I'll make right. a point why it feels that way. And 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 maybe this is a function of my age. But as we're showing old video of uh, Bill Belichick coaching, defensive coordinating the New York Giants and, and Lawrence Taylor sitting on the sideline, this is one of the last yeah. links to that. The end of an era is something that is maudlin, not for them. Their careers are worthy of celebration. Their lives are going to go on. Belichick's going to go coach. That's Bill Belichick coaching, coaching Lawrence Taylor, the greatest defensive <laughs> player in the history of the game. That's multiple generations ago, and he was still a link to it. As long as there was Belichick, yeah. as long as there was Saban, there were these links to a time that had gone by. But as these two go, and as Mike Krzyzewski goes, and all these other oh, figures gee. that have been omnipresent in our sports lives for so long go by, those of us who care about this stuff and who measure the passage of time by sports as much as anything, it's an ending for us. Marcus, I think as much no. as it is an ending for them. And, that, and, and that's a great point, G, and I understand it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm definitely not discounting the fact that we'll, you know, we'll miss them and the impact on the game. I just I, I thought about it, man, and I was like the, the gratitude that I have to have been afforded the opportunity to play for Nick Saban. And, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how time goes, right? Like Teddy could have got drafted anywhere and never had this run in with Bill Belichick. I could have decided to go to Miami, which was the first school that I wanted to go to when I was coming out of high school. But we ended up at, at those times with these two guys um, and potentially not knowing that, they, that we would end up and the discussion would be where it is now. But I thought about my time at LSU for the, for the four years that I had Nick Saban. And I got a couple, uh, two stories, G. One, mm -hmm. you know, I've already told you guys about the recruiting. And don't make a four-year decision, make a 40-year decision. But I remember getting ready when we were about to play the national championship in 2003. And we were in New Orleans. I was 45 minutes away from where I grew up. And I was talking to Coach Saban about... You know, how did how in the world could we have seen that we would get an opportunity to play in the national championship 45 minutes away from where I grew up, but where the school is and be able to put LSU brand back on the map like we all felt it could be when we were recruited. And, the, and he looked at me and told me, he said, all we got to do is go out and execute. We're good enough to be the best team in the country and we'll be the best team in the country at the end of the game. As long as we do what we've done all season long, that confidence permeated the rest of his career. And, and leads him to yeah, where he I, is today. Go ahead, Teddy. Yeah, and I think I'm with that. Like, Greeny, what we're, what we're really, I mean, geez, both of these guys, you know, moving on within the same, within 24 hours is ironic because it's, it's a coaching style. It's, it's an old school coaching yes. style that you've seen so many of their assistant coaches try to duplicate and fail, whether it be at fail. other college programs or definitely, definitely over at other NFL, other NFL programs where you can't do this type of style without that, that, that there's a blend. There's a certain blend of discipline. There's a certain blend of, 
I mean, I don't, I don't want to say friendship or anything like that, but, but also just letting the player know winning is, winning is what's best for you. And this is how the yes. way to get it done. Now transitioning to, shoot, do you watch Hard Knocks and see Mike McDaniel <laughs> put his hand on a player's, player's shoulder pad and says, take a deep breath and smile. What are you talking about? We're losing by 28 what points. I'm not going to smile. That type of stuff. That's just, it's, that's the change. That's the change. The change yeah. is more of a, a relationship based and, but with Saban, with Belichick, coach, show me how to win. I'll get it done. I'll get all the love I want from my wife at home. That's the difference now <laughs> that these players have to, have to be more, have to be more understood. There's a Miss Terry reference for you. I like that. By the way, the only surprising thing you've told me all morning, Marcus, is that Nick Saban can text. I would not have guessed that. That, that took me by surprise. Uh, so, Shefty, let me give you the last thoughts on all of this, because while we are celebrating these two incredible careers, it's, it's basically Bear Bryant and Vince Lombardi going out on consecutive days. In the league that you cover as closely as anyone in history, I mean, the NFL is, is in a place, they had 10 openings two years ago. They've got eight coaching openings right now and potentially more to come. So what should the football fan be thinking about with relation to all of that right now as we add Belichick and the Patriots to the mix? I think we look and try to find right now a home for Bill Belichick to figure out where he would coach next. But it's a mistake to look at the board with just seven other openings right now. Mm. We talked about this with Tom Brady when he became a free agent. Every team with a quarterback had to make a decision. Do we want to roll with Tom Brady or do we want to roll with our quarterback? And I think it's similar with the teams right now and their coaches. There may be a team out there out of the playoffs, in the playoffs, that has a head coach that this morning woke up to the news that Bill Belichick is a free agent. And that owner is asking himself, is my franchise better off with the current head coach that I have or me making the dramatic move to turn to a man who's 15 wins away from setting the all-time win record and breaking Don Shula's record? So I think the board is wide open. And I think today's developments could, could lead to other changes potentially, whether that's with a team in the playoffs or out of the playoffs. We will see. But that's going to be something that all owners have to decide. And I think as the playoffs get underway this weekend, to a certain extent, Bill Belichick looms over them. Because if there's a team that falls on its face and falls flat, then that owner knows mm. that there's quite an accomplished, proven coach out there right now. And I think Bill Belichick knows from his previous experiences with Tom Brady and Post Tom Brady, it's important for him to have a quarterback, and I don't know that he goes to a place that doesn't have one. All right, extraordinary work, guys. Our endless thanks to all of you. I have to take a break. First take is coming up in a moment with so much more on the breaking news. Obviously, our coverage continues all day long. Bill Belichick no longer in New England. The news conference is live at noon Eastern today. You will see it here on ESPN. And first take is coming up top of the hour with a whole lot more. NHL action tonight on ESPN. Austin Matthews, the Maple Leafs, facing the Islanders. 7 o'clock Eastern time coverage drops with the .6 Eastern on ESPN, too. What a remarkable morning 
This has been here. Thank you to everybody for being with us. It'll continue on first take. This coaching carousel continues to spin, right? Just starting to spin. Yeah. There's still openings coming open, and I think people are watching to see if maybe some results this weekend have another effect on it. All right. The conversation continues with first take right now. Thanks for being here.